my wife and what I'm doing. No, there's no children's message. Anyway, um, before we get started, there's just a few things I need to let you know. Um, we have one more in this series for Christmas. And then New Year's Eve, which is on a Sunday, we'll be looking at Same God, New Year. The first Sunday of the new year, new day, His mercies are new every day. We'll have the Lord's Supper on that Sunday. Then starting on the 14th is a series called Own the Vision. Now most of you know that the church has put a committee together to look at building a new building and some other things. And so I'm going to lay out this vision and I'll give you right up front where we're going to start. And it starts with discipleship. Now, I do talk about numbers, and yes, that does get to me, I'll be honest. But if we take care of discipleship, the numbers will come. So be in prayer for that. I highly recommend that you attend those as we lay out the vision, as we continue to move forward as a church. Now, last week, we talked about how Jesus was born a humble servant. His life and his death were marked by humility and vulnerability. Today, we're going to talk about his prophetic peace, that he indeed offers us true peace. Now, have you ever sat in your living room, or wherever you may have the tree up? In our case, we have one, two, three, four Christmas trees in our house. If you happen to stay with us in the guest bedroom, we have a tree in there for you as well. Have you ever sat there in your living room, it's dark outside, you have no other lights on, just the lights on the tree. And as you sit there and you think about what happened so many years ago in Bethlehem, you feel this quiet peace as you think about Jesus Christ as the light of the world. And that peace was promised long ago. But now it's a reality through Jesus' life his death, and his resurrection. Now, with that being said, consider the following scripture. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 18. If you only had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being, or peace, would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Now, think about that for a moment. Peace like a river. We have a song in Blast that we sing, Peace Like a River. One of the most, I think one of the, mo, one of the uh, favorite songs of the kids. Now, a river is a moving stream. Notice the text does not say, Peace Like a Pond. And if we're honest, there's a tendency for us to think that peaceful people are boring. We might be tempted to think, well, I'll forego the peace. I want to have an exciting life. But let me ask you, have you ever seen the right water rapids in a river? Very exciting. Well, you being in the river, is nice and calm, and all of a sudden you hear those rapids coming, and you better be ready. See, few bodies of water are more exciting than rivers. Here's my point. We can have an active, exciting life without suffering a life of turmoil. To have peace like a river is to have security and tranquility while meeting many bumps 
and unexpected turns on life's journey. Peace is a submission to a trustworthy authority. Peace is not resignation from activity. Now, a river, a river is a body of water that is fed by springs. And to experience peace, we must be feeding our relationship with God just as a river. Gets its source from the springs. Our source is God himself. We must continually be renewed with that from an active, ongoing, obedient relationship with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So as that river is fed by those waters for its source and constantly renewed by that source, so is our case or our relationship with God. A river begins and ends with a body of water, and rivers depend on this fact. Likewise, peace like a river flows from a continuous connection to the source, which of course is Christ. And our life will ultimately spill out into a glorious eternal life, because this present life is not our destination. We who know Christ move over rocks and sometimes cliff, narrow places, and wide valleys, but we're not so much worried about where we're at, we're, headed, we're worried about where we're going, because this place is not our home. But here's the key. Abiding in Christ, staying deliberately connected to him, who is the source. John 15, verse 4, Jesus speaking, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. We need to keep that in mind as we move forward as a church. We cannot do anything by ourselves. As long as we abide in Christ as individuals, as individuals and also as a corporate body of believers. Now rest assured that God inspired his word with great care and immaculate precision. When he says we can have peace like a river, he wasn't drawing a loose analogy. He meant it. So what does this take to have this peace? Look back at Isaiah chapter 14, verse 18. Obedience to God's commands. Obedience to his authority. Not only will that bring us peace like a river, but look at the text. But righteousness like the sea, like the waves of the sea. Not righteous perfection, righteous consistency. Now, peace is something we all desire. And it's something that God has promised to us. Peace like a river is an active moving peace. It's not still. It's not stagnant. It's dynamic and powerful in our lives. And Christmas time reminds us that the arrival of Jesus brings us deep and abiding peace. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we find the prophetic promise of peace that comes with the birth of a child. Look back in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Peace. Timeless concept. It is something that humanity has desired from the beginning of time all the way up to today. People have longed for a sense of calm, a break from all the chaos. 
This peace in Isaiah 9 is not ordinary peace. It's a peace that transcends human understanding, human comprehension. It's the peace that only comes from the Prince of Peace himself. And that phrase, the peace that passes all understanding or comprehension, it's stared and spoken over people in times of hardship. It's the peace that our hearts feel when we're in relationship with Christ. And what a better time to celebrate peace than during the holiday season. It's Christmas time that we celebrate Jesus' birth, and with him came the promise of peace. The promise that in spite of everything that may be going on around you, you can have access to divine peace through him. Jesus spoke about this peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus distinguishes his peace from the fleeting peace offered by the world. It's a peace that's grounded in eternal truth and in the presence of the Savior. There is a difference between God's peace and the peace that the world offers. Let's take a look at God's peace versus culture's peace for a second. This is an important distinction we must make because we're celebrating this peace during this time. See, one form of peace will leave us wanting, but the other will leave us with deep fulfillment. Now imagine you're standing on the shore of a vast, turbulent sea. The waves crash against the rocks, and they're very choppy. The sea is a metaphor for the world in which we live, a realm of constant motion, uncertainty, and chaos. In this, we often seek solace and tranquility to find peace amidst the storms of life. And this analogy really pieces like that boat that you see in that picture, a boat that is built by human hands. It's meticulously designed, has polished wood, gleaming paint, and ordinate decorations. It's very beautiful to look at, and it represents the various avenues society offers us to find peace. These things might include material wealth, social status, or temporary pleasures. They are alluring, and they promise moments of peace from the stormy seas. But as we embark on this vessel, although it provides a semblance of peace, it will shield us from the immediate onslaught of waves, and it will give us a sense of security and control believing that we have found the answer. However, as you can see in that picture, worldly peace is fragile and fleeting. When the storms grow fiercer, the boat begins to sway and creak. Its ordinate features begin to fade, revealing its weakness. And we realize that the capacity of providing lasting peace is limited, unable to withstand the full force and pressure the storms of life. Let me ask you, can you identify being on that boat today? Perhaps you're in a storm. I've said this before. 
There's three stages. Either you're about to go in the storm, or you're in the storm, or you just came out of the storm. That boat, and that stormy sea, when it's sitting at the dock and it's calm, beautiful boat. You go out in the open sea, you get in the storm, it's tossed around, begins to sway, and begins to creep. Now, in stark contrast, God's peace can be stood as a lighthouse, very tall, around the crashing waves. It's sturdy. It's solid. Now, it's not as flashy as the boat, but its foundation is unshakable. It is rooted in the solid rock of God's unchanging nature. The light shining from the lighthouse pierces the darkness offering guidance and assurance to all who seek it. This lighthouse symbolizes the peace that transcends understanding, a peace that's not dependent upon external circumstances. It is a peace that flows from a deep and abiding relationship with the Prince of Peace himself, Jesus Christ. And just as the lighthouse stands firm against the storm, God's peace remains unwavering in the face of life's trials. As we navigate the seas of life, dear beloved, we are presented with the choice. Place our trust on the frail boat of early peace. It may offer temporary escape, but ultimately it will leave us vulnerable and adrift. Or we can seek refuge in the steadfast lighthouse of God's peace that provides a sanctuary of calm amidst life's storms anchoring us in his unchanging love and sovereignty. God's peace is a peace that surpasses all understanding or comprehension. It will sustain us through the fiercest storms and trials, and it will lead us safely to the shores of the relationship with God. I would highly urge you, exhort you, to get out of that boat and get in the lighthouse. You know, the quiet always comes before the storm. And it's during this season, it's really rough for a lot of people. Because they want to follow what the world says you need for peace and happiness. My dear friends, there's only one true source of true peace and happiness. And his name is Jesus Christ. So living in peace, how can we live in peace? How can we live with peace with other people? How can we live with peace within ourselves, our peace in our relationship with God? Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the first thing we need to do is to recognize the source of our peace. Our peace is not based on how our day went, if the baby slept last night. It's not based upon how traffic was going to work or coming to church or how the crowd was in Walmart. It's not a peace that's based upon how the weather is, not what it will do in the future. This peace that comes through Christ is one that will guard our hearts and our minds, which are the two most vulnerable parts of who we are. 
Isaiah reminds us that Jesus is the true giver of peace. And we must recognize that the ultimate peace, the only true peace, comes from him. Look back in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. The peace of God is found in Christ. Has nothing to do with us. Has nothing to do with our possessions or achievements. It has everything to do with our relationship with him. Another way we find the peace that we're craving is to seek and embrace inner stillness. What I mean by that, be still and know that he is God. Jesus gives us access to that calming, that inner stillness when we draw near to him. And this can be achieved by praying and journaling. I would highly recommend that as you pray, journal it. Because if you're like me, you forget. And as you begin that prayer journal, and you look back, you can see how God has been with you every single step of the way. Because the first thing is going to happen, maybe I'm just the only one, but the first thing that happens when I get in a storm, God, where are you? How could you let this happen? And as I look back into my prayer journal, I will find he's always been there. I'll have tangible evidence I can read and see from myself how God has answered my prayer. Because when things get tough or chaotic, it's helpful to have those strategies to calm your heart. So we had, we had do bad things in our churches. We always want to run and see what can we do about this problem. Well, the first thing we need to do is to get down our knees and pray. And ask him for guidance. Look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Right before verse 7 says. And by the way, if you're paying attention, I deliberately left the word out of verse 7. Because verse 7 begins with a conjunction and. Go back to verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. So go back to verse 6. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known. You know, some people in our world even get that. Quit looking at what you don't have and be thankful for what you do have. I can lose everything tomorrow. But one thing that the world cannot take from me, not even Satan, is my salvation in Christ. To experience God's peace, we have to spend time with him. And there's no better time than the present to seek the presence of Christ, the Prince of Peace. And I'll urge you in this moment, I don't know everything that you're going through. I don't know what we're dealing with. But if you need that peace, seek Christ now. Get into his presence. Recognize Jesus as the source of peace. Be still and know that he is God. Trust in his sovereignty. Practice forgiveness. Choose contentment and prioritize prayer 
and meditation. The best Christmas gift I could possibly give you is to point you to Christ and the peace that he offers. Because the first thing about having peace is you have to have peace with your creator. Jesus did that when he laid his life down on the cross. You'll never have peace unless you have peace with him first. Vertical relationship. And then you can turn to your family, your spouses, and your children to have peace with them. And I'm telling you, if you take the time and apply these biblical principles to your life, you will experience the profound and enduring peace that only comes from the Prince of Peace. And that is Christ. Be intentional about slowing down to savor the moments you have with God. And those unhurried moments, you will find the nourishment, the guidance, and purpose that your soul truly craves. And in those moments, you will truly enjoy and experience the greatest gift of all. Emmanuel, God with us. What's happening in your life today? What are you chasing after? Now, when I say you have peace that endures, I'm not saying you walk around with a smile on your face every single day. I'm talking about that peace that calms you. As God says, it's going to be okay. It's the peace that I felt when I watched my mom take her last breath. And the calming, son, it's going to be okay. She was me now. She was me now. And continue on with the calling I placed on your life. Do you have peace? True, enduring, and lasting peace. Do you know Jesus? That's the first question. I'm not talking about if you join the church or you've been baptized. Do you know him? Not here, but in here. And if you have, what's keeping you from having that peace and that relationship with him? This might be sting a little bit, but if all you're doing is coming to church on a Sunday morning for an hour, to hear his word proclaimed, you're not doing anything outside of that, you'll never have that enduring peace. It comes with a steady, continuous relationship with him 24-7 a day. I'm going to end with this illustration. Tammy, I'm sorry. What kind of relationship would I have with Tammy back there if I spent only one hour with her a week? No communication, no involvement with each other except that one hour a week. What would our relationship look like? I don't think I have to tell you what it would look like. Our relationship would probably get dissolved because there would be nothing there. Just 
kind of going through the motions. I said that to say this. Don't let your relationship with God just be going through the motions. Seek him. Be intentional about it. Cry out to him. You don't have to wait to get cleaned up. You can come to him right now. That's what Christmas is all about. God coming down and putting his hand out to you, saying, would you come home? Come home. Don't walk out these doors in the same way you came in. Lay it all down. And I promise you, your life will never be the same. Last night, we went out to eat and we came home and there's an old movie called Scrooge. came out in 1970 about the Christmas Carol. And something struck me about that movie because his whole experience with the ghost, he, he realizes he's alive. And there's one quote I want to share with you. He says as he wakes up and he's excited, he said, I'll never forget the day that I could begin again. Where's our joy and excitement for what Christ has done for us? That day that we're born again and began afresh. I mean, he went around the whole room skipping and yelling and carrying on. That's the joy of our salvation. I encourage you, you to move, to pray, and to seek him now. Heavenly Father, I I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for your word, and we thank you for the gift of your son. Father, as we look around our world today, we need your peace. The world is filled with so much hate and chaos. People are being killed every day. And Father, here at home, we get mad at each other and people getting mad and driving in traffic and even during this holiday season and Father would you look in and perform heart surgery on us all because it begins with us Father we need your peace we need you 24-7 And Father, I pray if anyone here has any doubt about their relationship with you, that today will be the day, this hour will be the hour when they get that straight. We thank you. We will constantly thank you and praise your name for your son, who's the author and perfecter of faith. In his wonderful, powerful name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?